Welcome to the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Now, here's your host, Associate Editor Mark Demko. So, hey, everybody, welcome to the Bow Hunting Podcast presented by Lancaster Archery Supply. We have an incredible guest today. And uh, before I introduce her, I've got to tell you, you know, we do a lot of product reviews. We talk a lot of uh, great innovations in, in the world of archery and archery hunting here on the on the podcast. But uh, um, one of the things that has always seemed a bit daunting to me, and I know there are people that do it in, incredibly well, uh, is trying to film your own hunts. Uh, when we make product videos and stuff here for Peters' bow hunting, we either uh, tag team the, the filming or we'll have a professional uh, videographer film. But uh, Caitlin Moss, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Now, now, Caitlin is known uh, for all the self-filming she does, and um, you you have, I think, uh, 80,000 followers on your YouTube page and 67 or 70,000 followers on Instagram, so you have a really dedicated audience, and, and you know, y- you've done some incredible storytelling through your platforms, and, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned, it, it, I'm super excited to have you on because I just have never known how to take that next step. Uh, I think it's hard enough to harvest yeah. an animal when you want to try and film it too. Uh, it's got to be an incredible challenge, at least when you start out. Yeah, it definitely is. And, um, you know, I'm very organic and and open about how my hunts go. So I show the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and there's a lot of animals that have been able to survive because of the camera. So that's, it's definitely just something that's part of it, but I don't know. I've just always really enjoyed that aspect. And I, I enjoy taking people along and obviously people enjoy following. So it's been, it's been really fun. Yeah. And um, that is one of the things that that, that I notice as, as, as you watch the videos, you, you are very, the emotion comes through the authenticity and, and that's one of the things that makes uh, um, self-filming, at least from your perspective, so interesting rather than having a polished video at the end. It, it, it's incredible. Now, I think, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about how you got started with hunting, but I, I did want you to touch on you. You took an incredible buck last year, and you were able to self-film that. Um, Swoops, can you talk about that? Because that's a magnificent deer. I think that scored 160, 170 class. Yeah, he scored 167 and seven eighths, I believe. Um, yeah, really, really cool. Um, the whole thing was really cool, actually. That is the first deer that I've ever like truly focused on hunting, like just one deer. Um, so to be able to harvest them was really awesome. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I was like, okay, I gotta be careful with how I go about this. You know, I gotta time my time in the woods like appropriately and I I don't want to blow it. So I, I really honestly only ever hunted him like three days, I believe. And then I harvested him the next day. So luckily it all worked out, but really, really cool. You know, we, I had two years of history with him and the first year I didn't hunt him properly. I just, I don't know. I just didn't do it. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe next year I can, I can like hone in on him. So I was able to kind of just keep an eye from a distance on cameras and, you know, um, you know, just trying to try to play the cards right. And uh, luckily it worked out. So really, really cool deer. And I was very emotional when it all came together because I just like could not believe it. <laughs> yes. Well, congratulations. That That is a, for most hunters, that's a once in a lifetime buck. So a uh, tremendous yeah, job I mean, on that. Thank now, you. did you, did you put any extra pressure on yourself knowing that you also wanted to try and get the deer on camera, get the hunting sequence on camera? Did, did, did you find that it was more difficult than some of the other things you filmed? I think so. Um, and I think it's just simply because I have been filming for so long that, you know, it's just kind of second nature to have the camera with me. Um, and I, I guess like 
earlier in my like career, um, I did put some more pressure on myself because I obviously wanted it to all come together on camera. But I kind of have learned that like you just have to like let everything unfold how it's going to unfold. And if you get it on film, cool. If you don't, then it wasn't meant to be. Um, because at the end of the day, I'd rather have, you know, that buck on my wall versus just having a little video clip of him. So I kind of just try to film it the best I can. And it's definitely not polished by any means. I mean, I'm not, I'm not some like commercial filmmaker, but I, you know, I have fun with it and I, I try not to put the pressure on myself because that ends up like screwing me in the end if I do that. Yeah, and I appreciate you sharing that sentiment because we talk all the time about like taking good quality photographs. You know, when you when you get an animal, sure. and if you want to get it mounted, they're a thousand dollars now to get a deer head mounted, for example, uh, yeah. depending where you go. But if you can get something like the videos you're taking or get some good quality photographs with your trophy, that's an incredible memory. Uh, and it and it you know it, it doesn't cost a lot less. Now, in your case, you have to invest in some equipment and stuff like that. But uh, uh, before we get into that, let's take a step back. How did you get start hunting, and then what was that transition to bow hunting like? Well, so my dad is just an avid deer hunter. Um, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so like the rifle season there is basically a holiday. We used to have the first day off of school. Um, so that was just, you know, something I've always grown up doing. And, um, you know, I just went out with my dad as long as I can remember. So I just have always done it. And um, I really didn't know anyone who bow hunted when I was young. And so crossbows, I think, were legal when I was maybe 12 or 13. So my dad bought me a crossbow because, I mean, he didn't know anything about archery. So he was like, oh, this is a, a good way to maybe transition into it. So I had a crossbow and him and I kind of just went out and started to, started to learn like how to actually archery hunt together, which was really cool. Um, you know, you just, you learn things about deer that you don't know when you're just rifle hunting. So, um, you know, it was just one of those things that was like cool to kind of do together. And as far as like filming it, um, my dad and I just always like watched hunting shows and he was like, oh, it'd be cool to just like film for memories. And so we just had this little, it honestly looked like a cell phone. I don't quite remember what it was, like a little Kodak, like point and shoot kind of thing. And so him and I would just like film random things. And I don't think we ever actually filmed like a full hunt, but it was just one of those things. Like it was cool to have and kind of just taught me to always have the camera, you know, around. So I kind of got used to it. And then obviously, you know, through the years I've upgraded and, you know, kind of learned to, to be a little bit better at it. So that was the journey. <laughs> no. And, and that, and that's wonderful. And, you know, um, I, you made me think I live in Pennsylvania. So what part of the state are you from Okay, originally? Um, like South central, like Harrisburg area. Yeah. And, and, uh, I live in the Allentown area. So, uh, you know, at one time we were yeah. fairly close, but, uh, you, you grew up and you were hunting in Pennsylvania. Did you, did you start hunting on public land in Pennsylvania? Cause that's pretty pressured. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, now I'm very appreciative of it because it, it really taught me how to hunt. And now I, it's I, hunting's never easy, but it, it's taught me some things that it's like, okay, it's definitely different um, anywhere else. So I, I appreciate the struggle that I had to kind of go through as a kid, but um, I have a cousin who's a farmer. So we had some private land access, but you know, he was a hunter. So it wasn't a lot of like, you know, I wasn't getting on big deer consistently by any means. So public land is, is just, that's where it was at. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you talked about, uh, starting, you were, you were doing some, some basic filming in the early days and you've continued to upgrade your equipment, but, uh, um, 
what were the first considerations for you when you wanted to get a good camera set up? And I, let's look at this as a one-on-one kind of um, perspective. Um, if somebody wants to get into self-filming, what would your, be your recommendations as far as the base equipment to get started? Well, I mean, when I started versus what what's out there now is definitely different. I mean, somebody trying to get into it now, honest to God, you can literally use your cell phone if you if you really can't like afford to to go out and buy a, you know a camera or a full setup. I mean, the quality these days is just amazing. So, you know, there's something as simple as getting like a stabilizer mount for your bow and then just putting your cell phone on there. Um, or like a GoPro, I think is is definitely something that some people could could do. Um, I personally like the handy cams, and I think that's just very budget depending. You know, whatever your budget is, there's something there for you. Um, I think I used to have a Sony AX53, I think is what it was for a long time, and I really loved it um, just for the convenience factor of like it was just ready to go, you just point and shoot kind of thing, um, and the quality was still pretty good. So I would say any, any handy cam is a good starter camera. Um, and I mean, if you're looking to get into like photography and filming side, you know, DSLRs are the way to go. And I really don't think people need to, to go and spend a lot of money. It's, it's really something that's like, you know, yeah, that's great. But at the end of the day, you know, you don't, you don't have to spend a ton of money to get into it, you know, buy something that's affordable, learn how to use it, learn how to get good with it, and then upgrade. Yeah, no, thank you for that. And, you know, uh, uh, the other thing is you you do a bit of saddle hunting, and I wanted to know how you've had to adapt yeah. your self-filming, because obviously there's there's a bunch of things. That, that might, it's, that's sort of a loaded question. You've obviously got to pack as light as possible, uh, and you're carrying sure. extra equipment in. So uh, maybe let's start there. Once you As you started to saddle hunt, how did you adapt your self-filming process? Well, to be honest, I'm still adapting it because it's just one of those things that you're just like, okay, you you go through one season, you're like, okay, what can I do to be lighter next year? Um, and to be honest, my camera gear probably is most of my weight. Um, so it's been interesting trying to cut back, but still have enough to, you know, at least be efficient with it. So um, I have a friend actually who kind of created a camera arm that is like super lightweight it's called the Reach. And I think that's probably the most beneficial thing that I have added to my setup is it's just this very compact arm, but it's still very solid, um, super lightweight. I think it's only like two or three pounds. So that in itself, like if you can get a really good, but yet lightweight camera arm, that's definitely something that's very important. And really from like transitioning from a tree stand to a saddle, there really wasn't a ton of like changes that I had to make. Um, you know, you're always trying to improve regardless of, of how you're hunting. So there wasn't a lot that I had to do. Um, it's different just because of the way you're facing the tree versus facing away. But I personally don't really mind it. And, you know, if you're going to have somebody go hunting with you, I think the saddle is absolutely the way to go for a cameraman because they can be right over they're facing you. If there's no like awkward turning around. Um, so, you know, there's pros and cons with everything, but I, I really haven't had any issues with it. Yeah, uh, thank you. And I, I, obviously, yeah, it's great that you talked about the the arm because the the weight is so important, keeping that weight down. And you know, people think all the time about uh, platforms and sticks and things like that. But you have to take so much else in the wood when you go. You got a hammer, yeah. you have an arm, you have so many other things you've got to remember to take along, and uh, that can add up pretty right. quickly. Now, um, 
you do a lot of filming by yourself. Do you also like have people going and film with you? Is that something that you try to do too? And like, I've seen some great videos that you've done where you've had so many multiple angles. I'm wondering if you're running a couple cameras at a time or things like that. Yeah. So, um, yes, I, I do a little bit of both. I definitely mostly self film, but sometimes, um, it's nice to have somebody, especially if I'm working on projects for like sponsors. Um, it's nice to just have that other person to get the shots that I can't quite get. Um, mostly of me, <laughs> like I can film everything else, but like, if I need shots of me, um, it's definitely easier to have somebody. So I do occasionally have people come out. Um, and my current setup, I have a Sony a6300 and then I've got a GoPro hero 11. I actually just got that. And then a little like vlogging Canon I think it's called a G seven X. Um, so it's like a vlog camera, which is good for you know if you have to do like an interview or you know it, it can be a good second angle but i i try to run as many angles as i can that you know makes sense <laughs> just to get everything it is hard to to get everything when you're just by yourself yeah no and totally understand that and and i think having those options really helps to enhance the video but you know the other thing we talk about is is, is audio do you do anything special as far as audio obviously if you're close to the camera or whatever that's not a bigger issue but you're out in the uh in nature in the environment you got a lot of background noise from different things and uh also you have uh you know some subtle sounds and things like that do you do anything to enhance your audio setup at this point you know that is one thing that i am still semi-struggling with and working on um i just have a shotgun mic on my main camera and then i've got the wireless the road uh, i think they're called go road go two or something wireless mics that I'll use um, in certain situations. But a lot of times like that type of like the le less is better, honestly. So if I have to turn on three different cameras, three different microphones, it can just kind of be a lot. So sometimes I sacrifice audio. It sucks in the long run, but like sometimes I just have to. Um, so I am kind of actually still playing around with that. Um, but for the most part, I really don't have anything crazy that I use. Now, if, if if somebody is listening to this or somebody's been thinking about it, such as myself, about starting to self-film, what are the main considerations you would tell them to think about um, when they could, like you said, you could start with a really good um, smartphone cell camera, but um, what's a good thing to, to, to begin with um, as far as what you need to consider if you want to start filming your own hunts? What's your advice? So I think there's a deer coming in. Um, and you're not quite sure where he's going to stop, where your shooting lane's going to be. You know, everybody wants these like close zoomed in shots, which obviously they look cool, but you might not get it on film. So I would say um, the best advice that I can give is just make sure you're you're uh, focused in a general area. Don't be too focused on a certain spot um, and kind of have your lens like shot wide. That way you can still get it on video and then polish it up in post-production when you're editing. You can cut, you know, crop it in or whatever. Um, to get that look that you need, but just, you know, best advice is just make sure you're, you're on the animal because <laughs> that there's so many times where they just step out of frame or whatever, and it, it gets messy then. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And obviously the other thing is sort of like when you start to take pictures, you have to temper your expectations. Your, your first couple things you film are probably not going to be masterpieces, but you know, you're going to learn sure. and grow from there. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, um, you know, I do all my own editing too, and I'm by no means am I the best editor, but editing has actually made my filming better because, you know, when you sit down and you start 
you know, piecing things together. You're like, oh, I should have filmed a little more B-roll or I should have filmed this or, you know, and you kind of like learn, learn your style, first of all, and then also, you know, what you're missing. So it's, it's cool for me, at least to kind of go through the whole process because I'm like, okay, what can I do better next time? Or, you know, what can I improve on? So that, that aspect I really enjoy because it, I think it just makes me better overall. You know, it's an interesting point that you brought up, and I was going to ask you, if, and maybe you know, and maybe you don't, but talked about uh, editing your own work. What's the the first aha moment you had when you were editing where you said, oh, this is something I need to start incorporating into my filming, or oh, I wish I would have gotten this. Do you, do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, like, everybody's so focused on getting the kill shot, you know, that that one shot, which obviously that's that's what everybody wants to see. So that is important. But if you're going to actually try to make a whole film out of it, you need B-roll. So like, if you think you have enough B-roll, film, film more. <laughs> like, it's to the second you think you have enough, just film a little bit more. Um, you can never have too much, but there's definitely times where you don't have enough and you're like, ah, I just, I needed that one thing. You know, I even if it's a leaf blowing in the breeze, like, it just kind of gives you that time, um, you know, and it it adds to your video. So everybody everybody wants that kill shot, but you know, if you can just keep adding B-roll and and you know, if you can just tell a story, I mean, I personally don't think it matters how long your video is. I think the quality is better than just like a long video. So if you can tell a really good story in a short amount of time, I think that's better than you know just a kill shot. Everybody, everybody can do that. But if you can tell a story, that makes a good video. Yeah, and, and that's uh, a great point that you brought up there because we talk all the time internally. You know, some some videos, you know, you can ca capture everything in ninety seconds, two minutes, depending what you're doing. And some of the longer form is yeah. better. But uh, as you mentioned, it's, it's 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 as much about the storytelling as it is about the harvest mm -hmm. at the end. And so uh, I think that's a great point because there is an artistic element that goes into it. And every, every person has his or her own flair and how they want to approach it and things like that. And um, creativity is a huge component is what I'm trying to say. Yes. So now I, I should ask you, what's your current bow setup? So you do do a lot of archery hunting. Uh, you know, you do a lot of deer hunting, mm -hmm. a lot of turkey hunting. What, what are you using right now? What's your current bow, your arrow, your broadheads that you like to use? I have a Matthews Prima and it's set to, I think, 47 pounds, 48, something like that. Uh, my draw length is 25 and my current arrows are the Easton Axis SPTs. Um, I've been using those for two years now, I believe, and I, I really like them. They're pretty good. And broadheads, I kind of, I kind of mess around. I tend to like a four blade um, just simply because it makes a hole and it's not going to seal itself. So even if you have a less than ideal shot, you're still looking pretty good with those. So I, I kind of mess around. I've used interlock. I've used muzzy. I've used, um, I guess this past year, um, it's a newer brand called Rec. Um, I'm actually friends with the guy who, who created those. So I was like, just like, yeah, I'll help you out, you know, use them for this year and let you know what I think. So, um, they've been pretty good to me. So yeah, that's, that's the setup. <laughs> You know, we're talking about the bows. I want to take a, a, a quick little break here and, and mention that, uh, you know, we're presented by Lancaster Archery. Uh, for all your bow hunting needs, visit LancasterArchery.com. We've got the gear. We've got the knowledge. We've got the passion. Thank you for that. Um, you know, the other thing I wanted to mention, we talked about growing up in Pennsylvania. Now you live in the Midwest and uh, you're, mm -hmm. you're in some prime whitetail areas out there. But uh, you have done a tremendous amount of public land hunting um uh, over your career talk a little bit about that and as you're talking about that do you have a state or a 
part of a state that you love to hunt more than any place else? Well, uh, yeah. So the reason I moved to the Midwest, I went to college in Missouri. Um, uh-huh. And so obviously I grew up hunting public a little bit, but I didn't know anybody when I moved and I didn't have access to anybody's property. And, you know, I'm a broke college kid. I'm not about to pay to go to, go on hunts. So I literally just started using like Onyx actually conveniently at the time was when they were kind of coming out. So I found Onyx and I um, started just looking for public land and bouncing around till I found one that, you know, was pretty good and not a lot of pressure on it. So um, I do have a little, a little honey hole that I'd like to go back to every year, but um, I don't necessarily have like a favorite state, I guess. I, I really like just anywhere in the Midwest. It's just, I don't know. I've always have like really good luck. I have good, good hunts. And so, you know, Kansas, Missouri, Iowa obviously is is really cool. And I, I do like going back to Pennsylvania just for, you know, the the memories and and just the the home feeling. I go and I hunt with my dad every year in the late season just just to do that. So I don't necessarily have a favorite, but I, I like doing it. And I don't know, public land is just kind of second nature to me. I mean, it's certainly not easy, but I, I've kind of learned and figured it out a little bit. And obviously I've had some success. So it's been really cool just kind of figuring it out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm assuming a little bit less pressure on the lands you hunt out in the Midwest as far as uh, human pressure than Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I won't lie. There's there's definitely pressure, but it's it's not like PA. So I guess I'm it's cool in that aspect of like having a little bit more space, I guess you could say. But I'm definitely like appreciative of it because I do know what Pennsylvania and I mean, like Michigan, you know, just the the high pressure states. I know what they're like. So. It's it's a nice change of pace. <laughs> yeah, and 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 obviously you're in some good whitetail areas out there. So uh, uh, now, did you do some turkey hunting this spring? How did that go? Did yeah, I shot three so far, and I have I actually have a PA tag. I'm I'm going to Pennsylvania next week, so I'll be hunting with my dad. But um, yeah, I actually had a really good spring. Um, I killed one in Iowa, Nebraska, and Kansas. So so really well. Well, congratulations. That, that's a great run there. And uh, you still have some tremendous turkey hunting out there. I mean, the bird numbers aren't what they used to be in the Midwest and Kansas and Nebraska yeah. and things like that, but they're still better than a lot of places in the country. So you do have some bird havens there, shall we say? Yeah, I have noticed that. I've I've actually talked to some people. I, I met a, a wildlife biologist. Um, I think she's from Alabama. And so her and I were kind of talking at the NWTF show um, a little bit about numbers and kind of like what her opinion is on it. And it's, it's interesting just hearing different opinions and, you know, they're trying to decrease tag numbers and, you know, they think trapping, you know, has a lot to do with it, or maybe the season start date where turkeys aren't getting a chance to breed before they're being shot. So, you know, I don't really know what the answer is, but it is interesting. And and I personally noticed, you know, there is a little bit of a decline depending on where I go versus, you know, past seasons. So, um, biologist but it is interesting to kind of pay attention to so well good luck when you get back to to pennsylvania here hope you have a wonderful time um hunting and uh you know we touched very early on about the the saddle hunting what's your current saddle setup that you use um uh as far as um deer hunting so i use um primarily tethered stuff um so i've got the tethered the phantom and surprisingly i actually like the xl 
Um, I don't know. It just gives me a little bit more room. And then especially late season, if I have a lot of layers on, I think it's a little bit more comfortable to sit in. So I like the XL and I got a suspender kit so they don't fall off of me. <laughs> um, so I use that and I've got the Predator platform and the one sticks. And truly, I I mean, you know, you can always mess around and and figure out different ways to get lighter and stuff. But I really do like the setup. Um, I don't really have any complaints with it. And it's been it's been nice to me for the last couple of years. So that's just kind of what I've been sticking to. Yeah, and that stick is we were talking about weight throughout this conversation. I think those are literally one pound with the with the attachment. Yes. And, uh, uh, yeah. But it made me think. The other thing is you're taking your camera gear in. You're you're taking your saddle in. You're some of the places you hunt are, are pretty far from the road. Um, I know some of the times you'll 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 ride an e bike and things like that. So. Do you, I wanted to ask you about the pack that you're using now, and I honestly don't know what pack you're using, but I'm assuming you need to have a, a pretty well-organized setup to tote everything in. So can you talk a little bit about how the pack you use and maybe how crucial it is to have a great organization system if you're going to do some self-filming? Yes, I mean, it's definitely crucial. Um, and, you know, when, when you do it long enough, you kind of get into a routine of like everything has its place and, you know, you kind of just, you know, the order to put things in the pack because you're taking them out in a certain order um, just to cut down on noise and, you know, movement, obviously. So um, I currently I have, um, gosh, I can't remember what it's called, but it, it's the pack that Tether just came out with. Um, and I kind of messed around with packs prior to that. And a lot of like my personal issue is being a, a woman. My frame is a lot smaller than most guys. So a lot of the packs were just too big and bulky. I had a Kafaru pack that I actually liked pretty good. Um, but yeah, currently I have, I just have a tethered pack and I love it just based on the size of it, but it's, it's one of those, it's like, it's perfect because it's not too big for my frame, but it also has enough space that it can hold everything. Um, and I kind of just organize it in a way where um, you know, my, I usually carry my camera like on the outside, but like the camera arm goes in and then I've got the bracket and the attachment, obviously. And yeah, I kind of just organize it in a way that makes sense to take it out. And if you can just find your rhythm and like whatever works best for you, then, you know, you kind of just fall into it and it's, it's like second nature to just climb up, get ready and you're good. <laughs> Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about the pack because it's sometimes, I mean, packs are important, but sometimes they can be a little bit overlooked. And, and for, for me, for example, mm -hmm. I do a lot of late season hunting here in Pennsylvania with, with the bow or with the crossbow. Sure. And uh, I have a mystery ranch treehouse pack. I like it because it's deep. Those packs that sort of stand up with the flip top lid. I can get the extra yep. layers in there. I can take whatever I need for a sit, but then I can yeah. put everything in the top and it's easy access. And so, um, you know, it, it's just important to have something that, that can carry what you need that you can be comfortable mm -hmm. with, but also that you can get at when you need it. That's, that, that's huge. Yeah. And I also, what I like about it is it's got like the Molly system, you yeah. know, it's very like military looking. So it's nice because you can customize it a little bit, you know, add straps if you need to where you need them. Um, because obviously everybody, you know, they carry different things, but it's, it's, I like it just because I can carry a lot of stuff on the pack and it takes like, it frees up my hands, you know, and you know, it just, I don't know. I like it a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think the other thing I wanted to ask you before we wrap up here is uh, uh, I wanted to hear some examples of what's the best hunt you've ever filmed. Now, it, it might be swoops or it might be something else. Is there something that just came together perfectly for you um, as far as um, self-filming? What, what, what pops in your mind there? 
Oh man. That's so tough because there's so many that like, there's so many that are awesome, but then there's also so many that I'm like, man, I wish, I wish this was different. Like swoops play like just the coolest hunt, um, just because of the deer and the history that I had with him. Um, but you know, my footage when he was coming in, I had three minutes left of legal light. So it was very dark and you know, the camera, depending on what you have, it always gets darker on the camera than what it is like where you're actually looking. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what I could see, it was, it was still daylight and obviously the camera was pretty dark. So I wish, I wish that was a little bit different, you know, obviously, but that's just kind of part of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that was probably, probably my coolest hunt. Just overall, everything just worked out really well. Yeah, thank you. And the, the other thing I wanted to ask you along those lines, did you ever have an experience or a hunt where you thought everything that could go wrong went wrong? And when you put it all together oh, in gosh. the end, it ended up perfectly or near perfect. Um, do you mean like as far as like just making a video out of it? I think I think we could approach it either way where I ended up. Well, yeah, making a video, whether you ended up with taking an animal or not, did it? You just thought, yeah, no matter what I'm doing here, it's not working out. <laughs> yeah, I would say I have a lot of those. Um, there's definitely, I don't know, self-filming just in general is, is one of those things where you just have to kind of roll with the punches because it doesn't, it usually doesn't work out how you want it to. And and that, I think that makes the ones that do work out a lot sweeter because you're like, oh yes, finally. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. I've had a lot of videos where I think the biggest thing is I always feel like I don't have enough. I'm like, oh, I wish I wish I filmed a little more of this or, you know, there's times where it, like I'll have a turkey, for example, come in and they're already looking at me. So I can't turn the camera on. And it's like I pretty much have to put it at the bottom. It's a turkey, but I couldn't film it, you know, whatever. Um, so like little things like that. I wish, you know, there's there's times I wish that I could do something about it, but you just can't. <laughs> But as you said, it's about being flexible and adapting and being able to to work with your creativity and what you had. So uh, uh, the only other thing I wanted to ask you is, is you do you do so much filming. Um, yeah. What's the next animal on your I don't want to call it a bucket list, but what's that animal that you really want to go go for and try to film? Do you have something that you'd really like to target? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of things. Um, I mean, like my dream hunt, I guess, would be like a caribou with a bow. I think that'd be really, really cool. Um, Probably won't self-film that one because I think that might be a little bit difficult. But um, yeah, I think that would definitely be be on the top of my list. Um, and honestly, like recently I started doing like a cooking series, wild game cooking. So I really would like to just try anything at this point. Like I've never waterfowl hunted. So I, I would really like to do that this year. Um, you know, I mean, anything. Elk, I've never shot an elk. That'd be really cool. So I'm I'm pretty open as far as like just trying new things, trying different haunts and, you know, it'd be cool to to do all that and then tie that in with my cooking series and, you know, show different ways to cook different types of animals. So, that's kind of my like goal is to to just start start experimenting and and going on cool hunts. Yeah, and and um, you know, you you mentioned the the cooking series. I know you do the the videos uh and you know, I've seen them on the YouTube channel and so um sort of open to Pandora's box. I love to cook too. So I'll ask you one more question, even though I said we were just about done here. And what's your favorite thing? Like what inspired you? What was that first dish you wanted to make when you started that? Was there there's something that you love to make with venison or something else um, that is like your go-to? 
Yeah, um, so it's called pesto pasta, and you can use any kind of ground ground meat. So I tend to use like venison or elk, um, but I mean, literally any kind of, you can even use beef if you wanted to, but it's a very simple, simple dish, similar to like a spaghetti or a lasagna, but um, a lot of cheese in it, and you add walnuts and red pesto, and I don't know what it is, but it is just like so good. <laughs> it's one of those, like I could make it every week and not get sick of it. So that's one of those. I'm like, okay, this would be cool to add. And then, you know, obviously I'm already making meals anyway. So I was like, why not film it and share, share recipes with everybody else. Well, that's amazing. That sounds awesome. I'm gonna have to go find that video and check that out. So thank you for that. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to thank you so much for taking time to, to join us on the bow hunting podcast today. I mean, you're a wealth of knowledge. Like I said, I just never had um, an idea how to start filming. I mess around, but you know, I think that you're able to share so many tips with people. And, and for everybody who's listening here today, don't be afraid. Don't be a me. Go try it out. Um, uh, you yeah. know, know that uh, things may not be absolutely 100% perfect the first time, but as you do more, you're going to get better. And Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for downloading the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Pick up the latest issue of Peterson's Bow Hunting Magazine on your local newsstand or connect with us online at bowhuntingmag.com.